Blog Talk Radio. show. My name is Stuart Crawford and our first show of the new year here 2012. Hope everybody had a great holiday season. Back of the grind and back to uh, you know looking at making making some money in 2012 and early indications on the stock market look really uh, really good for this year. So I want to keep uh, keep our fingers crossed and hope everything works out well. Again this is the MSP show hosted here on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Stuart Crawford and uh, with the uh, with the Ulistic, an MSP business consulting firm located in Toronto, Ontario, uh, Canada. We got a great uh, program here lined up. We have uh, two of my uh, two good industry friends of mine, uh, David Russell and Robert Betzel from Infinity Networks in Macon, Georgia, joining us. And we're going to talk about uh, the company culture challenge. I got this great book in front of me that I picked up uh, the other day on uh, no, one of the leading uh, book retailers online. Uh, you can go and look at it on Amazon or Borders or wherever you want to you buy your buy your books. But this is a must-have book for any um, IT firm or you know what any company looking at building a strong team. And I pulled away a lot of great uh, golden nuggets that I'll use every day uh, in my company here. But let me uh, let me bring in uh, let me bring in the, the co-authors of the book, uh, David Russell and Robert Betzel. Uh, I'll bring in Robert first. Good morning, uh, sir. How are things down in Macon today? Wet, but doing well. Great, Rob. Tell us a little about uh, Infinity Networks, uh, what you guys do, the service you provide, and, and maybe uh, touch on uh, the reason why you got in with this uh, with David and wrote this book. Okay, well, we're a uh, management provider, an IT solution provider in Middle Georgia. We um, we service small to medium business and local government and school systems. Um, David and I got together now, I guess, probably two or three years ago. I've actually worked with David as one of my um, my business coaches for several years, and the concept of putting together a company culture book came up uh, during those sessions. Uh, I guess it's something that I've had a lot of passion for and tried to work on here in our company, and David obviously has a lot of passion for, and it was just sort of a mutually, uh, I think, uh, beneficial idea to, to put together our, our thoughts and <clears throat> process in the book. Great, and um, you know, let, me bring in, let me bring in David Russell, who's <clears throat> no stranger to the IT uh, community, and David's been, David and I have known each other for many years. I, David, I still remember that Tech Select meeting at Calgary when uh, you called me out in front of the room that was priceless. Uh, David, tell us a little about yourself and you know you're based in San Francisco and uh, obviously a little early on the West Coast, but uh, happy you made it this morning. Well, thanks, no problem. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Uh, have been in the computer industry for over 30 years, and I've spent the last uh, six years or so basically working with leaders to be more systematic in the way they engage their people to improve, you know, productivity, profits, and the individual employees' personal fulfillment and working for the company. So, you know, it's a win-win all the way across the board. Writing the book with Rob was a lot of fun because Rob is very passionate about having a great work environment and also doing a great job with clients. So the, the book itself is a seven-step strategic plan to improve your company culture. And we, we really took a different approach in that we start with the client experience 
Then based on that, you build out your four company culture cornerstones, which are mission, values, vision, and then we we put in a fourth. Most people only have those three. The fourth is the accountability to live those out on a daily basis. And then we move on from there. And it's a it's a great tool, particularly at the beginning of the year now, to look at your company and say, you know, if I wanted to choose some things to really improve, you know, the quality of our organization for employees or for clients, you know, what would I do and how would I plan that out? So that's how we how we got going on that. So I love the four pillars, especially like that last one where you talk about accountability. David, I you know I see it every day. The accountability is often uh, one of those factors that are overlooked. You know, and most people start a most people start a business, a small company, because they want to have the freedom, and then they realize, hey, no, this is hard work. And I think one of the, <laughs> I think Arlen Sorensen mentioned it one time that they, you know, one of the reasons why he started HCG Peer Group was to hold business leaders accountable for what they say they're going to do. But maybe we can expand on that. You know. Tell us a little about that missing factor in business. Well, why did why would you feel that it was important to add in? Well, I, I think the accountability piece is really important, and we need it as leaders as well as our employees need it. Uh, most of the people that start businesses in this industry are strong salespeople or strong technical people, and then they decide they can do a better job. Rob, isn't that your story? That's yeah. I mean, generally, my my background is an engineer that you know had an entrepreneurial seizure, like the myth says, and uh, started a company, and then realized that I was no longer an engineer. <laughs> That's right. And but but you were also, as I recall, you were working for a company, and you thought, you know, we can do this better, and you tried to get that company to do it better. And for whatever reason, they were not willing to. So you said, well, you know, then I can do it better on my own. Kind of went off and started your own shop. Yeah, it, right. I mean, I think the company culture had a lot to do with why I decided to, to start the company I did at the time. Um, you know, but I'll say, you know, again, I think it's, like you said, the accountability is one of the most difficult things. Uh, you know, salespeople and engineers are great at doing those things. But if you're not coming out of the management track of a larger company, you you really don't know how um, you know, to, even if you put together these basic functions, how do you then, you know, cause it to happen every single day to live by it and get a team of 15, 20 plus people, you know, even three people to, to do it every day consistently the same way. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm actually. That's a, that's a, sorry, David, I didn't mean to jump on you there. No, you go ahead. No, I was going to say, I mean, it's interesting because. You know, part of the reasons why I, you know, I, I built my own MSP up in uh, in Western Canada, and uh, for a number of years, and that was our biggest challenge too. Was you know, it was the it was accountability. We you know everybody thought we you know we, one of the reasons why we started our company was because the company that my three partner, uh, the three of us working, the two partners, and we thought we can do it better, and we tried to promote pro, uh, approach the management team, and uh, we we ran into some of the same struggles that uh, that Rob did. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very common, and particularly you run into, you hit a wall at 10 employees to 30 employees. It varies based on the company, where you're not, you need to really have the systems in place, and that's where, you know, to a certain extent, manage to win as a tool. It's a human resource information system. It's It's an employee performance management tool that tracks goals and does reviews and documents behavior. Yeah, integrated with ConnectWise, 
can help you, you know, complement ConnectWise where you can use this as an accountability tool to do the reviews. I mean, I talk with lots of solution providers that don't get their annual reviews done, legally very important to do, don't have goals for their employees. Uh, they're just busy and don't have career paths, and so they have employee turnover because employees can't see how they're going to grow within the organization. And the compensation piece um, has either subjective pay for performance, so it's based on you know criteria outside of the control of the tech, um, or no pay for performance at all, just salary. So you know they expect their techs to put in Boku hours as much as they can, but they're going to pay them the same either way. And you know that's the techs like stability of a salary, but most of them will also appreciate the flexibility to kind of control some added income for themselves by having opportunities and pay for performance. And so the integration with Manage to Win and ConnectWise allows you to take hours out of ConnectWise and then give some bonuses or some certain amount per hour and do some other things that help your techs get rewarded for doing a little bit more. Uh, yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I mean, uh, you know, we always talked about, you know, rewarding salespeople uh, on performance. But I also believe, David, what you mentioned, it has to trickle down through everybody in the organization. And that was one of the key learning points uh, that we picked up at IT Matters was, you know, we needed to reward everybody for when they brought an opportunity into the company or they went above the call of duty, uh, you know, they, you know, they scored very high in client satisfaction. Maybe we'll throw it over to Rob and see what kind of examples he may have when he, you know, with, with rewarding employees. I, I think you're. I mean, yeah. I mean, you just said it right. You have, you know, you have to find a way to ensure that the employees are recognized. I mean, at, at a base level, you have to pay them, and then you have to recognize, and then you have to give them meaning. And so, I mean, you know, it's all three things. This is a Maslow's law kind of event, right? So, but recognition isn't just cash. I mean, while that's a very, that's an, that's an easy one to do. That's one that you know, obviously, the system like managed when you can take hours and apply rules to it. Um, one thing that David um, taught me, Todd, probably over a year ago, is you have to recognize the employee in the way that they most want to be recognized. And, um, my favorite story David, David ever told me is the guy, I think he, the story goes to the fact that I've had a plaque on his wall that David mentioned, and uh, the guy said, yeah, I hate that plaque. Because he recognized in a way that didn't mean something to him. So I've got engineers that we know really respond to pay for performance. I have other engineers who could care less. They'll put in 100 hours and they don't want more money. What they want is they want recognition in front of the group or they make recognition in front of their family. We had one engineer that we um, sent to dinner in a limo with his uh, wife and we sent a card to her telling her how much we appreciated him and that the dinner was being done to thank her for allowing him to spend so much time working with us. Um, and he had talked about that for uh, months afterwards. So I think it's you know, finding the right knobs to turn to get everybody to respond um, is critical. But it's the right knobs that matter more than one knob that's just going to be applied across everybody. Well, one of the things, Rob, that I like about what you guys do is uh, you also publicly acknowledge that key uh, employee, your employee of the quarter, I believe you call it, by putting it up on your website. We know we, we, we help you out, you know, putting press releases up around that. Um, you know, some people don't like to see their name and likes, but I think there's a sense of accomplishment. I know what, what I, if I was a tech, I'd be sending it to everybody I know, my family, friends, hey, look at the good stuff I've done. Uh, I, I really, uh, I really 
give you kudos for you know taking that because not a lot of people are are publicly you know acknowledging their their key staff members. Uh, you know, we make that joke of the fast food restaurant and the employee of the month, but really, I think I think deep at the core, that's that's crucial to uh, making everybody feel like they're part of the team. Uh, would you? Would, I, I know you would probably agree with me based on you know could you guys do it. Yeah, I mean, we, we obviously do pull the quarter for the year, something we started last year that I think even been <clears throat> been as successful, even not more successful, but again, you know, this goes back to David and I was working together and working on managed to win together. Um, was we actually just put a whiteboard up in our hallway. Nothing fancy, just a whiteboard. And we told everybody, here's the deal. This is the brag board. If you want to thank somebody for doing something for you, write it on there. And our board is always full of thousands of you know notes written to each other for the whole job well done on a, on a project, for staying late. We put up notes when clients call and say thank you to an, to an engineer. Sales thanks engineering. Engineering thanks sales. It's, it's a funny board. You'll just see these random little things or random thoughts. For, you know, and I, I thought this probably isn't going to get a whole lot of use or just be me and maybe some of the management guys doing something. But I, I don't remember the last time I wrote something on there because my team does it to each other so successfully. And, again, it's just another way for people to recognize each other, which is, again, it's critical in exceeding that. We must pay them. We must recognize them. We must deliver value. You know, that's the way you, you have employees buy in. I concur. David, any comments from your side? Yeah, I, I think that Rob's hitting the nail on the head. That's really the key is to, and I, I as he has talked on, I think it's important to reinforce what he said at the beginning, that, each person's going to be a little bit different, if not very different. I mean, there are some techs that will tell you all they want is a salary. They don't want a performance pay, which, by the way, my belief is not it's not true. But they do want the total stability of a the largest possible salary and what they feel will be a bonus, even if it's subjective. Um, but going back to that story he was sharing that I told, that was a, an IT manager in a department at Fireman's Fund years ago and he, I was actually getting a dog from the guy, and he said, oh, yeah, well, I was employee of the year, you know, in my group. I said, oh, well, that must have made you feel good. And he said, well, actually, the plaque just pissed me off. Every time I looked at it, it made me mad. I said, really? I said, why is that? He said, well, I would have liked cash. That would have been nice. And I looked at him and I thought, oh, okay, well, how much cash would have made it meaningful for you? And that threw the guy. He'd never been challenged on that. He'd obviously gossip about this a lot, but never been asked that. So he thought for a moment. He said, you know, actually cash would not have been what I wanted. If they knew me well enough where they knew my favorite hobby and they had given me a gift that related to that hobby, that really would have meant something to me. And that goes back to what Rob was saying about knowing them as individuals and one of the things I coach and teach and, you know, in Manage to Win, you can document the type of recognition you give to people so you can keep that on track. So it's not only a compensation thing, but quite frankly, if they have clear measurable goals and then you're following up with them regularly and giving them feedback, that's an important thing. Your annual reviews, owners think they're a pain. Quite frankly, study after study says employees want to be reviewed. And so that's, that's a piece of the puzzle. Um, documentation, we have log events, so you can document behavior outside of the pursuit of goals. It can be positive or negative. Um, so these are different pieces of the puzzle of leadership that entrepreneurs are not taught. 
um, when they go out and start their business. They just go out and start a business. But I've had to learn that the hard way, and now I'm helping entrepreneurs, you know, be more systematic with their folks. So personally, one-on-one can adapt their management style a little bit or the way that they're supporting their folks so it meets the individual desires and expectations of employees. Because when that happens, you know what happens on the other end. They're doing a better job with clients. I, I yeah, I totally understand that, and that's you know if you have an upset employee, you know, that that's going to of course uh, reflect on the client experience. And you know I love how you mentioned earlier, David, at the start that you started with that client experience and then built up from there. Um, at the end of the day, the client is still the one that pay, uh, signs the paycheck, and you may do it physically, but at the end of the day, they're still the ones that are signing the, your paycheck as a business owner plus the the pay and providing the foundation for business owners to. Uh, you know, support the families of those that they that they work with. So this is this is Stuart Crawford. We're in conversation with David Russell and Robert Betzel today, talking about creating that uh, company culture. You know, and and how we can build our, our business and and have teams that are accountable with each other. And Rob, I want to kind of flip back on that that brag board idea. I think that's that's brilliant. Uh, and you you mentioned that the the team now are just starting to do do that on their own with uh, very little interaction from the from the management. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's where that that's where that board goes. That board goes back. I mean, that really was put up. It was when we put it up. That's what we told. We wanted them. We wanted them to have a place because management does it all the time through email and stuff. But we wanted the team to have a chance to because we what we found with an engineer, especially in IT, is that you end up with a division of the house. You end up with two to three divisions of the house. You end up with operations, those that do, those that sell, and those that support the back end. And they they compete and they and they they find themselves sort of at odds because. Sales sold it wrong. Engineering installed it wrong. Finance built it wrong. And so we we wanted to build a way for them to be more interconnected together. And again, I think it's like David said. This is about me. You know, the the book we put together and David's systems that he has in place. The coaching he's always given me is you have to you build something, but that's not the end. That's not the result. That you that is just the beginning. You build your perfect client experience. You build your mission, vision, and values. You have all the components, but then you have to find a way to systematically live within it. Um, and if you're not prepared to do that, if you're not prepared to put in the, the work, quite frankly, it is to begin with, it's hard work like anything else to start a habit of. You've got to work at it until it becomes a habit. Um, don't start it because you, what you're going to do is making it worse. That those things that you sort of start and stop and don't follow through on can make your team more upset than, than you know, um, correct it. But I think if you do them well, you start being able to do more and different unique things. We this year our team doesn't know it yet, so hopefully they're not listening on the on the on the podcast here, but you know, we intend this year to go to a uh, unlimited PTO system. We're gonna do away with the entire PTO accountability um in the sense of hours. Um because we think we've reached a point with our team that they are engaged enough that they understand what they have to do to get their job done. And so we don't need to limit them. Um and so we you know that would never have happened if we hadn't spent the last two and a half, three years Changing our company culture. Well, that's, that's brilliant, Rob. Because I was talking with my uh, one of my coaches and mentors yesterday about the exact same thing on uh, you know paying our our team or rewarding our our employees based on achievement of res, uh, goals or or ex- extraordinary results or just you know achieving all of the results of the company. And I t- I told her I said. You know, I don't I don't care how many hours an employee works as long as the goals and we meet our we meet our achievements and we and then we get the results that we want. 
if they do it in, you know, if they do it in six hours or ten, whatever. So I think that's a, re- I really like that idea of, you know, doing away with that kind of stuff. As long as, hey, as long as you're meeting the goals and, uh, and and hitting all your, hitting all your targets. So maybe I'll flip that over to Dave for some comment on that. Uh, obviously, David, you, uh, you kind of uh, probably played an instrumental role in that. Uh, but you know, there's got to be some, there's obviously benefit to that. But what else should we be, maybe what should we, what should we be cautious of if we look at implementing a system like that? Well, I think the key struggle is that most people, quite frankly, have not developed the skill, and it's not that hard to do, and we talk about it in the book, to write what I call goals that work. And that that is clear, measurable goals. So there's a few factors in there, and, of course, Managed to Win Software supports this, but if you're going to lay out goals for people, I recommend there's only three so you have one one major goal that deals with a financial aspect of the company, whether it's increasing revenue or lowering costs. One has to do with the client experience or customer satisfaction. And one has to do with their personal career development. Now, of course, you start at the company level with these, and that's assigned to an individual. Companies don't have goals. Departments don't have goals. People have goals. So the leaders of the company have three goals. And by the way, I, I encourage people, use up to five bullet points. So you may have a goal, we're going to do $10 million in revenue. And uh, underneath that financial goal, it says our technical people are going to have an 82% utilization rate. We're going to have a net profit of X. You know, we're going to have, you know, 18 new, you know, A clients. You know, you can put five bullet points on there. So then you've got a clear, measurable objective, and you've got three to five one to two, whatever it is, no more than five, clear, measurable statements as to what qualifies as meeting the objective. And when you narrow it down so you only have three and you have some specifics underneath, you can go after that and really gauge your success well. I had a boss one time, I mentioned in the book, who had 17 goals at the start of a year. They were all different things. And, you know, he did not do well. And they were not written in a clear and measurable way. So you have to really kind of laser focus. And, and the, the benefit of using Manage to Win is that then you're also tracking. You can enter goal progress notes. You've got documentation. And that is all, that's a legal thing that's important, but it's also important for the employee. They can enter their, old, their own goal progress notes, by the way, so the manager doesn't have to get burdened by it. But you can track these things, and they're important to have an employee history. And then if you're tying into the compensation side on Managed to Win, I mean, with the ConnectWise integration, you can actually set a utilization rate objective for an individual employee, and it can be different per employee. We pull the utilization forecast out of ConnectWise. We then track their hours. You import their hours from ConnectWise into our system, and match up the work type with our system that's in connect uh, the work type in ConnectWise, we'll automatically calculate a utilization bonus for them. If you want to bonus them based on hitting a utilization rate, if you want to give them an hourly bonus that's prorated, you know, give them additional ten dollars, twenty dollars an hour if they get more than thirty billable hours in a week. And shortly in the next few weeks, we'll be coming out with something where you can actually, on a daily basis pay part of their salary based on the technical person entering eight hours in ConnectWise. So this issue that so many people struggle with of getting their techs to enter their time in ConnectWise goes away 
because you teach them that, hey, part of the business is you have to enter your hours in ConnectWise every day so we can confirm those with the client and bill the client so we keep the cash flow going in the organization. It's part of your job. It's not that I'm penalizing you if you don't put the hours in. It's that you haven't done the work. Mm-hmm. So I mean, so what are you saying? You, you you reward them for you know doing the daily the daily tasks as part of their compensation package. That's what I'm that's what I'm gathering out of what you just told me. Well, I, I don't, and I don't know whether I look at it as a reward because when you talk reward, and I'll be interested in Rob coming on this after I finish. Is is it not necessarily a reward? It is helping them understand that a core foundational duty that they have is entering that time and if they don't enter the time they haven't done their job they can work 16 hours but if they don't enter any of that time in connect wise they haven't done the job because whoever has to follow after them won't have the documentation to be able to support the client they work 16 hours one day and then they get sick and they're out for three days but the project's not done or the client calls with questions if they haven't documented not only can you not bill but your team can't support it. You've actually created a negative experience. Rob, any uh, any feedback from your side? No, he's right. And that, what we call it is we call it the basic basic tenets of a good employee. And there are basic tenets. You must be 98% dependable, which means you can't call in sick with a certain number of hours a year. You can't not document. You know, we, we have basic tenets, part of our do's and don'ts. That employees that each departmentally are different, but at a base level, basically say this is what we, this is how we baseline you as a employee. Anything less than this is unacceptable. It's, you know, it's, it's what you find so many times that it, it, what happens so many times is that we don't have time to manage our employees, um, or we think we don't have time, and that results in us allowing these things to happen. And the problem sometimes is. When you decide to change your company culture and change the way you're operating things, you don't – not everybody's going to survive it. I've, when we started this process three years ago, I have turned over several really good friends of mine and engineers who just couldn't make the transition, much the same way people do when they go from project-based to managed service-based because the rules change and those employees don't want to get on board. And when they don't, you occasionally have to be willing to make a, a hard change. Um, so, yeah, we have basic tenants, and they have to do those – before any of the benefit happens, because otherwise they're costing us money. Well, that's a, you know, Rob, that's a, com- a conversation for another day about hiring friends and family. We can go on forever about that. David, we have like three <laughs> minutes left on our show here. Um, you mentioned manage to win and ConnectWise. Uh, can you tell us the give us a fifty thousand foot overview of what that software does, and does it integrate with just ConnectWise, or can any PSA integrate to it? Uh, we also have an integration with AutoTask, but the ConnectWise integration is the most robust, and we're, we're going to be focusing on that because we're getting the strongest response from ConnectWise partners. So what it does is it basically is a tool to help you be a better boss so you can manage your people more effectively. Uh, we do have a setup package that helps you get initially set up. One of the exciting things, too, is this month, actually uh, later on this week, we're launching a partner program uh, where partners can earn 30% on the sales of Managed to Win to their clients and what we've been asked for is they've said, hey, I want to be able to offer managed to win to my clients on my line card of managed services. And most of these people want to bill for it themselves and then pay pay us separately 
that's fine, or they can have their client go to our site and sign up. But what we put together is a really great value add for your clients in that we have what we call an HR in a box program where we actually do some talent management consulting with their client to help them really define the job responsibilities beyond a job description in a team member strategic plan that has clear measurable goals and really tees up the annual performance review for the client. So it is a great service, costs just under $4,000 discounted to their clients. It has a list price that's higher on the website. But this is a great service for their clients and provides a little bit of residual revenue for them um, on the Manage to Win subscription. And so, you know, there's a lot of IT partners we talk to out there, and they say, hey, I want to be that trusted business advisor. I want to be the trusted IT department for my clients. So this gives them something they can bring to the client that's fairly unique for clients, particularly those clients that have less than 100 employees, where the IT is going to say, hey, you know, are you having a difficulty managing your employees? Do you have structure in place for how you're doing your reviews, how you're documenting behavior, that type of thing, or is this all on Post-it notes and various Excel spreadsheets? And if it is just on Post-it notes or various Excel spreadsheets or Word docs, then, hey, they've got an opportunity to close a sale on Manage to Win, make some good margin on it, but also reinforce, hey, we are your trusted business IT advisor, we're going to take care of you. Great, David. We're out of time. So that's managetowin.com. Is that correct? www.managetowin.com? Correct. Great. So go there. I, I'm, I'm going to sign up for this partner program myself. David, uh, Rob, thanks very much for joining us today on the MFP show. We're out of time, folks. Tune in next week. We have a great show on financing and selling using leasing. Uh, this is Stuart Crawford on behalf of Rob and David. Have a great uh, have a great uh, day, and we'll uh, we'll chat with you all next week. Thanks, guys, and um, have a have a good one. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, everybody, okay. and thanks, Stuart. Bye, bye.